Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to the Never Heard of It podcast. A Night Shift Radio original. Every week we bring you the good, the bad, the weird, and lesser known streaming movies. Hit subscribe for new episodes every Thursday and Sunday. Hey, everyone. Hi. <laughs> uh, so I've had a little bit of a, a nostalgic week. Uh, oh, yeah? And, and I'm going to tell you about it. Uh, so I, I hope so. I think I told you a while back that I, I started watching the, um, the 2017 DuckTales series. Yes. Um, and I started it. I got a, a handful of episodes in. Actually, I think I got into the second season and then I decided like I wanted Ellen to watch it with me. So I started over with her and got a little bit farther than I got the first time. And she's like, you can watch this without me. I was like, well, that's really disappointing because I would have finished this by now. Um, <laughs> but I, I like I I resisted for a while and then I, I have I did go ahead and finish it, uh, which is to say I just um, just yesterday finished the the final episodes, and what a ride! What a fun! Yeah. What a fun show it was. I mean, first of all, the cast was was phenomenal across the board, uh, but just really, really fun writing, like really like respectful homage to the original show. Uh, definitely updating its handling of uh, Scrooge's adventures to be significantly less uh, bigoted towards native cultures and whatnot. Uh, significantly less racist. Significantly less racist. Significantly less uh, just weird in general, and just made it fun and magical and whimsical. And I really loved that. I I absolutely loved all of the various tie-ins to the other Disney afternoon shows. I mean, we had multiple episodes featuring Darkwing Duck, and of course, some rumors that there might be a spinoff. I hope so. Uh, you know, him being featured in that Chip and Dale's movie uh, also gives some hope. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, but you know the the multiple appearances from characters from Tailspin, even a reference to the uh, the, the gummy berry juice from Gummy Bears. Like uh, we saw we saw the um, the Rescue Rangers a couple of times. Just like really really fun, self aware, like just just good writing. And I had I had a good time. I had a good time watching it. And I want there to be more so badly. Uh, so speaking of Darkwing Duck, actually, just just recently, within the past couple of months, there was a new comic book series that launched, um, and the writer of that what? comic book series, uh, we're actually Twitter friends, her name is Amanda Dibert. Um, she also wrote for He-Man on Netflix. Um, she's wrote some Star Wars stuff, some Marvel and DC Comics stuff. Neat. Um, and, uh, and some other things. So like, uh, she is she is the head writer on that Darkwing Duck uh, brand new comic run that Neat. is uh, that it just started up recently. Wow. 
That's great. Yeah. I, it's pretty exciting. I would read that. I would read that. But I, I loved yeah. I loved getting getting different takes on some of these characters. I love the way that they handled the the time differential between the original series and like maintaining some continuity while still being a reboot. Uh, and giving us more involved backstories for some of the minor characters. Just really, really fun in general. So uh, if you remember the original Duck Seri- DuckTales series fondly and haven't watched the new one, I definitely recommend it. If you if you have uh, children and want to get them into just a rollicking, good, uh, family-friendly adventure show, I recommend it like just across the board. It was a lot of fun. Um, in kind of a different direction, but still, oh, my hair keeps getting in my mouth, uh, but uh, still uh, on the nostalgia side of things, I have a confession to make. Okay. Yesterday, I intentionally watched the 2014 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> Is that the animated one? No, it's the Michael Bay one with Megan Fox and Will Arnett. Oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. And you know what? You know what? I didn't hate it. Um, it Interesting. It was. It was extremely stupid, but in a very fun way. I had a okay. good time with it. And um, looking at like the the like the creature design for the turtles, like I get like they are horrifying monsters, but also they're kind of supposed to be. I mean, they are mutated like humanoid turtles like that's not gonna come across cutesy if you try to do it in any kind of realistic way um shredder way over the top very stupid uh still fun i like created the, some additional drama uh i didn't care for the the backstories for the, the characters but also it's one of those things where like we've seen it a half a dozen different ways and a half a dozen different mediums like Whatever, it's fine. Okay, so the the rat taught himself martial arts and, and taught the kids and somehow also was familiar with Japanese culture. Okay, sure. That's no less believable than any other part of this film. Uh, so, like, that's kind of where, like, some of my sticking points was. Also, Will Arnett as Vern was just kind of creepy, uh, less so than the, like, the cartoon uh, weenie that I remember Vern Fenwick being. But all that to say, it was a fun time and like totally, uh, like totally honest here. I will probably watch the sequel. Uh, um, which, which is out, you know, cause there was two already was, in um, 2016. It was, uh, out of the shadows. Yeah. yeah. Are you excited for the new animated one that's coming out? The reboot with Seth Rogen running it. You know, I wasn't. Until yeah. now. And now, like, my enthusiasm for the Ninja Turtles has returned. Uh, and I think that that's, uh, that's really interesting because, I'll be honest, like, I, I kind of had the, this, this feeling when the Transformers franchise uh, got rebooted as a, as a film franchise and Michael Bay was at the helm. Uh, I went into it with a little bit of that childlike glee, like, oh, this is a thing that I loved. And it's really cool to see it on the screen. And holy shit, what the fuck is this? Uh, and so, like... That got progressively more ruined for me as the franchise went on to the point where like I've even though there's plans to like try to resurrect it and do something different with it, I've all but given up on it at this point. Uh, and even like the cartoons, like the newer cartoons, as you say, don't hold that much appeal for me anymore, whereas there was a time when they they definitely did. Um, 
We'll see. Time heals things. I've gone back and started watching some of the, the Gen 1 cartoons again and like enjoying it. Again, they're terrible. It was all just a big, you know, marketing campaign, but it's fun and like digging into some of the lore, like YouTube channels like Toy Galaxy and stuff like that. It's just a lot of fun to to learn about some of the characters and like kind of reminiscing about some of the, the toys that I had. All of which to say, uh, when I saw these hideous looking live action Turtles movies were released and I did not see them in the theaters, uh, my thought was, nope, this franchise is over. But And then the, the new animated one was released, and I was like, sure, fine, whatever. Like, I'm not interested. But, like, now I'm kind of interested again. Yeah, I. you know what? Like, uh, to me, for, like, the Transformers movies, they're really great if you put them on mute. Um, <laughs> just because, like, terrible dialogue aside, it's still really cool to see lifelike transformers yes. like to see them transform to see them in all their like looking real yeah. right they look very real and that you know same thing with like you know jurassic park although that is you know uh objectively a good movie yes um but like it's another one of things where it's like seeing these things that you don't get to see these you know dinosaurs although were real you know seem fantastical be, to me because like they, they just existed so long ago yeah. that like they're just you know it's not like i can talk to you know like an old person who who used to see a dinosaur like i could find someone who probably saw a dodo bird or something yeah you know like well you can't anymore but uh you used to be able to find somebody who had seen a dodo bird yeah. before you know it's that same sort of feeling where it's like well this really existed but now you're seeing it and it's so real and cool looking same thing with the turtles mm -hmm. you know like yeah the original turtle movies did a really good job. I mean, Jim Henson, you know, obviously was involved in the the uh, the turtle costumes for the for the '80s movies. Yeah. Um, but like seeing them again, like all fully functional and everything, like that is cool. It'll never not be cool, even if the movie sucks. And I I kind of liked how they had this like slapped together, just like trash armor and like weird gadgets and stuff like that. And like I like as I was watching, I could hear people in my head. Uh, which maybe this is a me problem and not another people problem. I could hear people complaining about like, oh, like the stupid like the the skateboards that they have or like all the weird gadgets. And I was thinking like, no, but like I did have all that shit in the cartoons. It was cool yeah. as shit, like rocket powered skateboards and like all that. Yeah. So like that was Donatello's whole thing. Yeah, it was. It was. So I don't I don't know if there was any validity into the, the voice in my head making up other people's complaints about the film. Uh, I don't know if that actually was a genuine complaint, but like it's the kind of thing where I could see people like having a problem with it and forgetting the, the, the whimsy uh, of the, uh, not necessarily the original source material because the, the comics were dark as shit, uh, yeah. but the cartoon and the films that we grew up on. So... Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It was very stupid, uh, and now I like the Ninja Turtles again. <laughs> How, huzzah! Huzzah! Uh, yeah. So while you were being nostalgic, uh, I was being extremely contemporary. Um, I watched two new shows. I binged two new shows. You madman! Um, yeah. I listen. It's been a week, and I binged two shows. <laughs> so there's that. Um, but so both of them are very modern. Both of them just came out within, uh, for those of you guys listening, they came out about a week ago um, for, you know, 
for you, I guess. They just came out like two days ago. Uh, but for, for everyone else then. So the first one I watched was called The Night Agent, which is available on Netflix. Okay. So uh, there, was a, there was a little while where Netflix was running like spy shows after spy shows. If you guys remember, you know, a couple months back, I talked about the one with Charlie Cox in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then I talked about the other one uh, with, um, I forgot his name, uh, the, the, uh, the Adam in... Uh, um, Black Adam, mm. um, the the atomic. What's the guy? The atomic guy. He can make himself really big. I don't remember. I'm sorry. I, don't I, didn't, know. I didn't. That watch guy. Black Adam. I'm sorry. Yeah, I forgot who what his character name is. But that guy. You you know who I'm talking about. That guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so I watched another spy movie. So this one is called The Night Agent. So the uh, IMDb description for this one is low level FBI agent Peter Sutherland works in the basement of the White House, manning a phone that never rings. Until the night it does, uh, propelling him into a conspiracy that leads all the way to the Oval Office. Now, I say, just like where you say you don't like rom-coms, I say I don't like spy things, and then I watch all of them, and I'm like, okay, maybe I do, (laughs) and I just don't want to admit it. You know, it's one of those things. Uh, So this was actually a really cool series. Um, The the main actor in the series, the guy that plays Peter Sutherland, is uh, Gabrielle Basso, um, who he was in a few movies, but it's really interesting. He was in uh, American Wrestler in 2016 and um, uh, The Whole Truth with Keanu Reeves in 2016, Mm. and they did nothing until 2020, uh, where he starred in uh, Hillbilly Elegy and then did nothing until he did The Night Agent, which w- came out in 2023. Um, so I think that's really interesting that he's he's leading this. But uh, you, for any like indie fan, um, you'll notice him. He was Martin in Super 8. So ah, that's where okay. his, uh, his kind of film career started uh, back in uh, 2011, um, where he was 17 at that time. Um, and then, uh, you know, aside from the other main characters, there's two people that specifically stuck out to me. And I was like, one of them, I was like, wait, where do I know you from? And that one was, uh, Fola Evans, uh, Akin, Akimbola, let's say, I'm sorry, I butchered your last name. Um, also the text on IMDb is really small, so I couldn't really see it. Um, she plays a secret service agent and I was like, how do I know this woman? I was like, I've seen her in something and I cannot think of what it is. Oh yeah. So she was in Black Mirror. Um, she was in Verse. She was in 10%. I don't, I didn't remember her from Black Mirror, but you guys might remember a while back, maybe a few years ago, I talked about this mermaid show called Siren, <laughs> where uh, this, this couple has a threesome with a mermaid yep. and becomes a thruple. And she was, uh, she was Maddie Bishop in that she was the the human woman uh, in in the uh, the thruple of that, and I was like, that's how I knew her Amazing. from. Uh, and then aside from that, you know, there's a couple other, um, you know, good people. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of who, yeah, Christopher Shire, uh, who's been in a few things. You guys will definitely recognize him. But D.B. Woodside uh, was in this as well. He plays uh, um, Fola's uh, secret servant partner. He, you know, a lot of people probably know him from Lucifer. Uh, he plays uh, Emina, uh, uh Amanedil, I don't know, his Lucifer's brother. Uh, he was in 24, uh, but I remember him, and I still quote this, uh, he was in the movie Romeo Must Die yes. with Jet Li and Aaliyah, um, and it's really great. So I still quote one of his his lines, and of course I'm blanking on it right now, um, but yeah, he, he was in that movie, and I really like that movie, uh, and he was in that. But so all in all, 
really, really good uh, plot. A lot of really great twists. A lot of twists that I, it, they do a really good job of like, maybe it's this. And you're like, oh, mm. maybe it is that. And then they're like, no, it's not that. <laughs> and you're you. like, oh, okay. And then they're like, but just kidding. It actually is. And you're like, oh, you got me. Like, it was really good. There was a lot of really good twists with this show. Um, if you're into kind of spy stuff or, you know, good looking dudes doing spy things, you know, Gabriel Lasso is a good looking guy. You know, he's very CW uh, boy. So, looking. Yeah, he very much is. Yeah. Uh, but like, he does the part well. There's a lot of cool intrigue of like how it all went down. And there's a lot of things where like episode one ties to like episode eight where they're like, oh, remember this thing? And you're like, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, if you're into spy stuff, definitely check it out. I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was really fun. It's only uh, 10 episodes, an hour each. I binged it in a day, but listen, judge judge yourself, not me, because like I said, it was a week. So uh, I binged it in a day, but you could easily binge this over the course of like a week and totally be cool with it. it. It was a really good show. Now, other than that, and I bring this up in our episode coming up this Sunday, I made a reference to Scott Pilgrim. Ah, yes. And uh, the reason I made a, a reference to Scott Pilgrim is because there's another new show um, that is eight episodes, just came out on Hulu uh, in America, and it's called Up Here. And it stars Mae Whitman, and Mae Whitman was Roxy yes. from uh, Scott Pilgrim. Um, so she is in this, but it also stars Carlos Valdez, who was Cisco in the Arrowverse uh, shows on CW, yep. where he plays a character named Miguel. So we have uh, Mae Whitman as Lindsay and uh, Carlos Valdez as Miguel. And basically the series is a musical. So it is, it is you know, singing and dancing and all that kind of is, is singing, is dancing, okay, is people. I, I, have, I uh, haven't watched this, but I have seen this on Hulu. Yeah, it is so charmingly sweet i freaking loved this show so much it was just you know the, the music numbers you know m you know big musical nerd but like the musical numbers are cute and they help you know portray emotion but like the scenes are really cute and there's a cool you know like a cool little find yourself message in it and i really liked that um but again Meg whitman is fantastic in it you know uh carlos valdez is fantastic in it um but the cool thing about it is or the thing about it is that both Lindsay and Miguel, who meet each other as Lindsay uh, ends her engagement and moves to New York to become a writer. It's set in the 90s, by the way. Mm. It's set in 1999. And they, he, she moves to New York. A few months later, she runs into Miguel. And the thing we find out is that they both have personalities in there, not like, not like DID thing, but like voices in their head of people in their past. So like, uh, Lindsay sees her parents and like a girl who bullied her in school hmm. and stuff like that. And Miguel sees, uh, you know, the guy that, uh, his fiance cheated on him with, he sees his mom, uh, who, who had passed, uh, a long time ago. And he also sees, you know, a couple other people, but one of the voices in Lindsay's head is played by John Hodgman, yes. uh, which I thought was really funny. And he's, he's great in it. Um, but it's nice because they don't ever say like, I have voices in my head, but they're both like, you know, there'll be moments where they'll be talking and then they'll kind of like space out because the voices are happening. And the other one will be like, Hey, where'd you go? <laughs> and be like, Oh, it's nothing. Um, and it's really great. It's really cute. Love the love story. I will admit though, after watching the series, I'm kind of like, 
I don't know if you guys should be together. Like, <laughs> you're both kind of fucked up. <laughs> like, not just because of the voices thing, but I was like, you also all both make very terrible decisions. <laughs> um, the whole show. Uh, but it's, you know, it's it's kind of the idea of Lindsay finding herself and them sort of maybe will they, won't they throughout the series. Yeah. So, it, you know, to, to relate this to other shows, if you watched Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist mm-hmm. and you enjoyed that show, you will love this show. Makes sense. If you love any TV shows, whether it's a musical uh, sort of thing, you will absolutely love this show. So I, this is another one. I highly recommend it. Mae Whitman is hilarious in it. She does a really good job. Uh, Miguel is so charming and so cute. He does such a good job in this role as well uh, and is a really good singer. Um, highly recommend watching this. It's also fun because it's set in 1999 mm. and the show ends with it turning to the year 2000. Oh. Um, and it's funny because like in Miguel's office, he works in a bank and all of his, uh, you know, like one of his uh, guy friends that he works there with is like, is like, oh, this is cool and great, but like, doesn't matter because in a couple of months, Y2K is going to blow everything into shit and we're all going to be dead and it doesn't matter. Like he's, you know, full on Y2K, like this is it. This is the end of the world. Um, and it's very funny because thinking back, you know, I was, you know, we were 18 when yeah. Y2K happened and I remember people being like, you know, a lot of people freaking out and being like, this is, this is the end of the world. And a lot of people being like, shut up, you know, and the shut up people were right. Yeah. Uh, they were right. It was not a big deal. And, uh, you know, everything was fine. Um, I didn't, I didn't know, like, you know, in my head, I was like, I don't, I don't understand why it would. Like, I just, I couldn't comprehend the, the doomsday people side where I was like, that doesn't make sense to me though. Like it doesn't make sense that this would happen. Like it's just a number flip. It would just go to zero and just start the clock at, you know, zero, zero, the year zero, 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 right? Like that's what it would do. I, it just didn't make sense to me. Well, the thing is there actually was a a bug in computer code that would have like caused pretty catastrophic difficulties with processing the year change to 2000. But luckily a bunch of fucking nerds figured that out far enough advanced to address the problem. And so like the people that were freaking out were freaking out about something that if we were caught completely off guard for could absolutely have been, if not a world ending disaster, pretty big disruption to uh, our daily lives at the time. But they were freaking out about a solved problem. (laughs) See, that is, it is one of those like really weird moments in that's another, like, listen, Y2K, I feel like, look, we had wars, you know, in the early 90s, we were in the Gulf War Mm -hmm, and everything, mm -hmm. you know, there was a lot of crazy shit, but like Y2K started the millennium off to be like, it's going to be a wild millennium. That that was like our first like shared cultural moment as, uh, as a generation that wasn't about the wars that our parents and grandparents started. Yeah. I mean, to me, I feel like if, you know, if we go back and we date things, right, we have ages, like from this year to this year was the industrial revolution from this year, to this year was the dust ages or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think the year 2000 starts a new age and it's the era of technology mm-hmm. because like there was technology before we had cell phones, you know, before, but they were just giant phones. Yeah. We had, you know, cable TV, the internet still existed in, in the early nineties, but it wasn't what it was when that year 2000 flipped everything changed there was right just everything a rapid explosion of technology that we still haven't fully caught up to like processing the consequences no. of 
Yeah. Or, or adjusting our laws to, you know, the TikTok ban is another really great example of, you know, this sort of thing just blew up over the course of the past three years. Let's even say, even though TikTok's been around for a while, um, but the pandemic forward is when TikTok really gave 150 million Americans use TikTok. That means one in three people use, uh, TikTok. That is wild to me. One in three people in America use TikTok. Mm-hmm. Absolutely crazy to me. It is just a wild, it's a wild idea that this is what's happening. Yeah. Um, what a crazy world. What a crazy world. What crazy times. But anyways, we have a brand new movie uh, that we're reviewing coming up this Sunday. The best way to find out is make sure to hit that subscribe button on your podcast player of choice. If you're over on YouTube, hit subscribe anyways. We have brand new episodes every Thursday. And then there's a link to find us find us on the podcast world for your player of choice. Hit that button as well. Do it. Um, so uh, the movie is called I'm Totally Fine. It stars uh, Jillian Bell and Natalie Morales. Uh, it is currently streaming on Hulu in America as of time of recording this episode. Um, so if you're the type of person that watches movies before we review them, that is where you can find it. Go ahead and give it a watch and then join us this coming Sunday for that episode. Do it. Do it all. Do it or we'll punch you virtually with our fists. We'll at least think really hard about it. Yeah. In my mind's eye or whatever. (laughs) That's another Scott Pilgrim reference. Uh, So there it is, everyone. Thanks a lot for joining us and we will see you on Sunday. Sure will. Bye.